Thank you for joining us on the Waymaker Church podcast today. We hope this inspires you, builds your faith, and makes a way for the new and deeper with Jesus Christ in your life. Enjoy. All right. Hey, listen, this is an exciting Sunday because we get to talk about some really cool things. And we get to talk about something that I believe God has been stirring in you and me uh, really before we ever got here. I want to talk today about God vision. I want to talk about what that is. And it's very important that we understand what it is because we're going to dive into a story that's really a, a testimony of a God vision. It's not the only story in the scripture, but it is definitely important. What is a God vision? It's when God reveals our personal stake in his kingdom come and will be done. Our personal stake in his bigger plan. Our personal stake in his bigger plan. I want you to look to the person beside you. And if you're not beside somebody, just wave to them and say, it's going to get personal today. Go ahead. Tell them that. Tell them that. It's going to get personal today. Yes. Listen, here's how these things work. God will either put a burning passion in your heart or he'll put a burning bush on your path, right? And he'll say, I want you, I want you to be a part of this. I love you. I care about you. I made you. I saved you through my one and only son, Jesus Christ. Now, I want you to have a personal stake in this. And I believe that God has been leading many of us in that. And some of you didn't even know that. But today is the day that he clarifies that. And we look at this in the story of Joseph of the Old Testament. Joseph of the Old Testament, uh, he, he was a, a brother of, of 11 other brothers and the son of Jacob. Jacob was the grandson of Abraham, of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And there was a call on this family to be a great family and a great nation, and a great nation would bless all the nations. God had this plan in place. But there was something sinister that would get in the way. Look what it says in verse 18. When Joseph's brothers saw him coming... Genesis 37, 18, if you are following along in the scriptures, I don't know if they're behind me or not. Okay, no, the screens, the screens are not. So there's the screens. You can follow along in your Bible. We also have in the U version, there's a live event. You can follow along the notes. When Joseph's brother saw him coming, they recognized him in the distance. As he approached, they made a plan to kill him. Okay, there's a lot of family baggage in that one statement. There's a lot going on there, isn't there? They saw him in the distance, and it wasn't like, oh, here's our annoying little brother. No, no, no. It's, I will kill him, right? We are going to kill him. Here comes the dreamer, they said. That's an accusation, if you're wondering. That's not a compliment. Here comes the dreamer. We're going to talk about that dream in a second. Come, let us kill him and throw him into one of these cisterns. A cistern is a well. It's a deep hole. It's a pit. So here is this brother, Joseph, who was going to his other brothers and they want to kill him because he's a dreamer. And we're going to find out what that dream is and what it means. And many of you know the story. But God had given Joseph a vision, but it wasn't just for Joseph. 
It was for the whole family, and it wasn't just for the whole family. It was for the nation they would become. And it wasn't just for the nation they would become. It would be for the church that Jesus Christ would come to live, to die, and to resurrect so that you and I are an expression of that today. God gives vision to his people. And that vision starts personally, but it always becomes communal. And it always starts communal and then gets personal. Today, we're going to jump into something. Now, here's what I want to ask you as we start this series called Unexpected. Why does God give us a vision, but then let unexpected obstacles get in the way of its fulfillment? Why does he do that? Why does he give us a vision and then all of a sudden we hit a pandemic and all of a sudden we hit this thing, uh, we lose our job. All of a sudden we, uh, you know, God, you said, you said I was supposed to go here and I was supposed to do this and, and now there's this big obstruction in my way. Why does God give us a vision and then allow unexpected obstacles to get in the way? I want to answer that question today and throughout this series because God is going to do the unexpected, but sometimes it starts with an unexpected obstacle. I remember in August of 1998, my wife Tammy and I had been married for like a split second, like three months. She was 20 and I was 22, and we were driving out to Campbell County to meet with a group of people who was going to invite me or not invite me to be their interim pastor at the Yellow Branch Wesleyan Church right on Greenhouse Road, right outside of the metropolis of Rustburg, Virginia. Any Rust, Rustburg people here today? All right, come on, you drove, you drove. I, I love that, I love that. I wanna show you this picture. Can, do we have the picture up here? Can we put it up there? If, if it's not, it's okay. All right, well, there's a big mountain with a waterfall. It's beautiful. So here's what, here's what I, I, had a, I had a picture of that original building. It was all of about like three square feet, okay? Uh, we could fit 75 people in that building. And I remember my wife and I walking into that building and we were, I was nervous because I was going to have to preach to all 10 of these people, Right? And, and, and I gave it all I got. I preached to them and here's what was going to happen. I was going to preach a sermon and if it was good enough, I was going to meet with the local board, the, the leadership of the church afterwards, and they were going to say, okay, you can be our pretend pastor until we get a real one. Like that was kind of the deal. So some of you know this story. So I preached. I don't even know what I preached that day. I, I mean, I, I, I don't even know. Afterwards, though, I met with the leadership. leadership team was four retired ladies in their 70s who had been a part of that church one of them, since it started in the 30s, her dad helped start the original church, 70-year-old church. And they essentially said, yeah, we would love for you to come be our interim pastor. And so we'll, we'll keep searching for a real pastor, but in the meantime, you and your cute little wife can be our pastor. And that was that. Well, about three months later, I had uh, cast a vision for the church. I thought, you know, while I'm here, we might as well cast a vision. And yeah, we cast a vision. So I cast a vision for the church. Say, hey, what, what, what do you think about this? And man, oh, God could do some amazing things through this, this little church. And, and as soon as I cast that vision, the church grew from 16 to 6. 
Now, if you're wondering about the math, that's not growth. And two of the six were Tammy and me. So really, that's only four people left. Like, we had nobody to lose in this. So I was feeling very good about my vision casting skills, and I was feeling really good about, you know, the vision that God had given us. And then one of these retired ladies who had been hanging on to this church and trying to keep it, uh, you know, going, she explained to me, she says, you know, this family's moving to Texas, and, you know, there's, there's five right there, and... And this family is moving on because they feel like their time here is done. Uh, She said, don't take it personal, even though they told me to take it personal. Yeah, they did. Anyway, okay, some of you didn't catch that. (laughs) She said, don't take it personal. I was like, well, they told me to take it personal. She says, don't worry about that. She said this, she said this. And here, we've got four people left besides my wife and me. She says, now, now you'll be able to lead the church where God wants it to go. And here's what she meant by that, because I didn't know what she meant by that. I had to ask some clarifying questions. And she, in a very nice way, said that, that those two families were more connected to the church's past than the church's future. And she said, Sometimes God has to prune some things, and that's what he had to do. And I'm telling you what, here was this woman who could have very easily been living in the past victories of this church, was willing to sacrifice it all over again to see God work in that church. And it was a God vision bigger than her and bigger than me. And I'm going to tell you this right now. I drove out to that little building out in Campbell County, yesterday to take a picture that we didn't get to see but you can you can come I'll have my phone down here here's the thing I pulled into that grassy gravel parking lot and all of these memories started to flood and I just looked at how what what happens when a group of people catch a vision that's bigger than them by themselves We are here because four retired ladies were willing to risk it all, all over again to see God move in this place. They wanted to see their grandkids come to church. They want to see their grandkids hear the gospel. That's a powerful thing. And in the four o'clock service, one of those ladies' great-grandsons has been registered for the family service to come at four o'clock. Her great-grandson will be here today because she believed that God would move in this church so that her grandchildren would come back. Come on. Man. Look, I'm supposed to be preaching a sermon, and I will get to it, I promise you. Those of you are like, when's it going to get to the Bible? I already read a scripture. Okay? All right? I'm going to get to it. I'm going to get to it. All right, thank you, thank you. But here's the thing, here's what I want us to see. There are obstacles in the way of a vision that God has given. And sometimes we, we interpret those as, well, God didn't really say that to me, or 
I guess, I, I guess we've lost the vision or you fill in the blank until somebody has to come along and say to us, no, 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 no. It is the obstacle that is really the way forward. It is the wall that God wants to make a way in because when he does that, then it's not about your strength and it's not about your talent and it's not about your abilities. It's about his power and your obedience. Today, this place is a miracle and God is going to do and continue to do miracles in this place. He is going to download visions and dreams to you personally that connect to us communally. He's given this church a vision to build lives, families, leaders, and community in the central Virginia area and now all the way in Amman, Jordan. Come on. That's the power of God's reach, right? But here's the thing. We are going to experience unexpected obstacles. We were supposed to be in this building in May. Well, it's July. But you know what? God did some things in people's homes in the last few weeks. He did some things in you and me. He allowed obstacles to make a way. And I want to talk about that today because that's very much at the central of what happened to a, a vision that was given to one brother personally that was for all the brothers communally. Let, let's jump into this. Verse 3. Jacob loved Joseph more than any, other, uh, any of his other children because Joseph had been born to him in his old age. Stop right there. That is a family stronghold. You go to his father Isaac, you go to his grandfather Abraham, and they have a generational stronghold of favoritism that brings disunity and hurt and wound to their families. All throughout the scriptures we see that partiality, discrimination, and favoritism hurts relationships. It hurts them. And right there in the middle of this family, you see yet another father doing the same thing and breaking up the unity. How in the world is this family going to be a great nation if they want to kill each other? Hmm. I don't know about you, but I see in the scripture there is no place that God honors disunity. There's no place in it. And so what God does is he starts the healing process. So one day Jacob had a special gift made for Joseph, a beautiful robe. But his brothers hated Joseph because their father loved him more than the rest of them. They couldn't say a kind word to him. They were broken and so was Joseph. This family was broken by a family stronghold of favoritism and disunity. Here's what you're going to see about a God vision, Waymaker Church. And you got to get this. you got to lean into this real quick because God's going to download something to you today. He's going to give you an assignment. He's going to give you next instructions to the assignment he already gave you. God visions are given to heal brokenness and help bring more heaven to earth. They are given to heal brokenness. So if you're wondering, why would God give me a vision? It's not for your personal resume. It's not to make your name great. It's not to say, oh, look, look at that ministry he's building or she's building. It's not about that at all. 
It's about God using you to heal broken things and to bring more heaven to earth. He wants to do that in you and through you right now. And he may just start with your own brokenness. Mm. Mm. One night, Joseph had a dream. When he told his brothers about it, they hated him more than ever. Things aren't getting better, are they? (laughs) My goodness, God gave him a vision. And what is that vision? Listen to this dream, he said. He said this to his brothers. He says, we were out in a field trying to bundle, uh, tying up bundles of grain. Suddenly, my bundle stood up and your bundles all gathered around and bowed low before mine. Many of you know this story, and, and, you, and you have to realize there's two perspectives in this story, but I want you to get this picture. It would be like you going to work one day, and you saying to all your coworkers and your colleagues, hey guys, had a dream, uh, hey, come on in, come on in, yeah, this is the break room, come on in, come on in. Go ahead, get some coffee from the Keurig, it's great. Oh, you, you got it? Okay, good, good, all right. Listen guys, I had a dream last night that they made me CEO, and you guys all worshiped me for it. So get ready, get ready, they're gonna make me CEO. Now I will remember all of you guys, and may even fix that nasty Keurig over there in the break room, but you guys are going to call me awesome. If you're wondering, that's not gonna go over well. In fact, if you try that tomorrow, uh, we might be praying that you have a job. All right? That's what Joseph spoke to his brothers. Joseph was the favorite of his father, Jacob. But he was immature, he was prideful, and foolish. And God needed to do a work in him. God needed to do a work in him. And God would do a work in him. And there's a perspective that we have to see that God is going to take Joseph on a journey to fulfill this vision, but he's going to hit some obstacles before he gets to the opportunities. The same thing is true of you and me. We're going to hit unexpected obstacles before we get to the unexpected opportunity. Write this down. God visions are given to build our character, to build our relationships, and to build connections with God, not, not, to build our personal resume, not to build our personal resume. If God downloads a vision to you, I'm gonna tell you what it's gonna look like. It's gonna look like you being an instrument to heal something that's broken and bring heaven to earth. Check. It's also gonna start working on your character, insecurities, fears, prideful places, sin cycles, generational strongholds. God is going to say, hey, before I can help you be effective at healing some broken things, I got to heal some broken things in you first. Oh, somebody ought to testify to that one because somebody is about to get healed today from a wound. It might even be the wound of favoritism. You might be the sister that was overlooked. You might be the brother that was the black sheep. And you've carried that lie around with you for years. Today is the day that you hear God is going to use you to heal your family. Mm. Mm. I'm going to tell you something about this church. 
God has given us a vision to build lives, families, leaders, and community, okay? And he's going to do that through the gospel. He put in this vision that we were to build a 24-7 ministry space on 1650 Hooper Road. Here we are. Here's what I want to tell you what this vision is and what it's not about. God's vision for this campus is not for our greater comfort and convenience, but greater gospel impact for our greater community. We are in this place and we are in this space not so that you and I can kick back and be more comfortable going through the motions of religion. We are not in this facility and so many of you did not sacrifice so that we can just be more comfortable and more convenient. I'm gonna tell you why we are here because God has whole new dimensions of obedience and sacrifice moving us into next steps pressing us up against obstacles so that he can make a way and we can give him the praise and he is going to reach the central Virginia area because of our obedience and our sacrifice. Get ready, get ready, get ready because it starts today. Come on, come on. I got one guy. I got one guy. Woo! Man. Now, there are two perspectives here, and we got, to, we got to look at it. Joseph had a perspective. He thought that this vision just meant that he was the favorite, and he just needed to tell everybody. Guys, I had a vision from God, and I just want you guys to know it has been confirmed. I am the favorite, and you guys should just accept that. Wrong. That's not what the vision meant. It was not an affirmation of his personal resume. So if you've got a vision in your mind and you're calling it a God vision and it's all about you being awesome and your name being great and you're, you're, you're getting hooked up by God so you can be more comfortable and convenient, I'm going to tell you that is not a God vision. A God vision is going to shake you to the point of I don't know how this is going to happen unless God intervenes and, oh, wow, God, you have given me a burden for these people and you better believe I will step into their healing process to bring more heaven to that situation. Genesis 37, 19. Here comes the dreamer. That is a derogatory statement. From his brother. Here comes the dreamer. Here comes our brother who thinks he is awesome. Come on, let's kill him and throw him into one of these cisterns. So what do they do? They do that. They grab a hold of him. They put hands on him. As the great Detroit poet Marshall Mathers said. Okay, nobody got that. Thank you, thank you. They put hands on him and threw him into a pit, into a cistern. Now, you got to imagine what it was like for Joseph in that moment where he thought, God, you gave me a vision, and I am not seeing these guys bow down to me. In fact, I am seeing them throw me down into a pit. And I think some of you have gotten to a place where you know that God has given you a vision to heal some broken things and to bring more heaven to earth, but all of a sudden you find yourself in a pit. You find yourself in a dark, dark place. Well, what happens? It says that, that the brothers actually ended up deciding not to kill him, but instead they sold him into slavery. So look what it says, verse 28. So when the Ishmaelites 
who were Midianite traders came by. Joseph's brothers pulled him out of the cistern and sold him to them for 20 pieces of silver, and the traders took him to Egypt. What do we see here? We see that the brothers weren't ready to take their part in the vision. Why? Because it was described to them and it was offensive to them. Hmm. A vision was cast to them and they didn't like their part in it. They didn't like where they were in the vision. And so what do they do? They take the dreamer and throw him into a pit, and then they sell him into slavery. you got to write this down. This is big. This is big. Not everyone is ready to receive or carry their personal stake in a God vision, including ourselves. There's some immaturity in you and me. There's some pride and some fear in you and me. There's some sin cycles. There's some wounds that God needs to help solve and help resolve and help heal in us so that we're able to, first of all, not resent our part in the vision. You see, these brothers were full of jealousy and resentment and so much so that they were clouded. They didn't know that actually the whole story wasn't even about Joseph. Oh, 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 what's getting ready to happen? I'm getting ready to drop something. And I'm going to drop it, and I'm going to want to teach it. And, and if I teach it, it's going to take me two hours because I'm going to be so into it. And you guys are going to be thinking about the food trucks. But I'm just going to drop it, and then I'm going to get to it in week three. The dream wasn't even about Joseph. It was about his older brother, Judah. Uh-oh, did I just drop this brand new mic? I did. It was about Judah's healing because Judah would end up being the tribe. Yeah, oh, you got it. You got it. The tribe that would bring forth the Messiah from the family that became a nation that would bless the world with God's salvation. You see, God is such a great storyteller, he'll take you along a journey and then he will flip it just like that, just so he knows you're paying attention. Judah throws his brother in a dark pit and sells him into slavery. And in that moment, he begins his journey from remorse and regret to repentance and breakthrough. That's what's going to happen to somebody today because you threw your brother in a well. You were so bitter, you were so angry about your role in the vision, you couldn't see that the whole vision was about God God using you to bring about Jesus to a group of people to bring healing to their brokenness. Wow. I want you to look to the person beside you and say, it's bigger than me. Just tell them that. It's bigger than me. Tell them that. And then I want you to tell them, but it includes me. Go ahead, tell them that. Be, be, be bold in this. Y'all, y'all preach to each other. It's bigger than me, but it includes me. Yes, it includes you. Judah 
threw his brother into a well, that dreamer sells him into slavery, and he would spend the next several seasons of his life racked with brokenness. He probably wept night after night saying, God, give me another chance. Give me another chance. Give me another chance. Don't give up on me. And we get to the end of this story. I'm not going to preach it. I'm going to leave it. Why does God give us vision, but then let unexpected obstacles get in the way of the fulfillment? I'm going to tell you why. Look, at it says in, in chapter 39. By the way, if you go from chapter 37 to 38, it shifts. Okay? I'm just going to leave this for you so you can go read it. It shifts from the focus on Joseph to the sto- this random weird story about a brother named Judah. And you, 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 you would think that it's just like, why did they put that chapter in there? That was just dang weird. And I want you to go read it. But after chapter 38, it goes back to Joseph, to chapter 39. Look what it says. The Lord was with Joseph, and he succeeded in everything he did as he served in the home of his Egyptian master. What did God do? He allowed Joseph to be in the dark pit. He allowed him to be put into slavery so that he could start a journey to healing not only his pride and his foolishness, not only the broken things in him, but that he could start a healing journey for his family. That God would, at the end of this story, bring a broken family to step into becoming a great nation. And a great nation can't come out of a great family where there's disunity and there's bitterness and there's unhealed wounds. That's how crazy in love God is with you and me that he would download a vision. It might be a burning passion in your heart. It might be a burning bush on the way to work. But he is going to say, if you will let me, I will let you contribute a verse to the healing of things that are broken, and I will bring more heaven through your life. Do not resent your role in the story because I might just be flipping it at the end to make it all about you. Mm. Mm. God visions have unexpected obstacles that begin to process or that begin a process to reshape and reposture us for unexpected opportunities. You want to talk about an unexpected opportunity? The Apostle Peter stood up at the very first church service in their brand new building. Where was their brand new building? The streets of Jerusalem. And he preached the very first sermon to the very first congregation of the church. And this is what he said in the midst of this, and, and, and it's coming to pass right now. It's coming to pass right now. We're, we're part of it. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit 
upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. We heard a young lady right here, standing right here, and what did she do? She said, I had a dream. Guys, it happened this morning. You were a part of God downloading a dream to a daughter that was your stake in God bringing more heaven to earth. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. And your old men will dream dreams. I'm going to talk to you if you're 60 or 70. I'm going to tell you, God has a new dream for you. He's not done with you. You walked in here, busted up and broken, hurt, looking back at your family, say it's too late now. I'm going to tell you this. One conversation today could change the trajectory of generations. Generations. And he brought you here. He brought you here because you've been carrying around. Man, I sold my brother into slavery years ago, and God's done with me. No, the story was always about you. The story was always about you, about you falling to your knees and saying, Lord, Lord, I'm a man of unclean lips. Would you heal me? And him touching you and using the healing that you have in that moment of your heart and your mind to heal your family. Look, somebody better get excited about that because it is happening right now. Mm. Mm. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. What does it mean to prophesy? It means to proclaim what God is doing in our midst and what he wants to do among his people. Man, I want to be a church where men and women alike stand up here and get a microphone and say, God is on the move. And you have a personal stake in it. But it's bigger than you, but it includes you. And I will cause wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below. I'll heal people of autoimmune, autoimmune diseases right in front of you. I'll sell a house in 24 hours. I'll bring a girl from Amman, Jordan, who's running for her life and running from bitterness. And she will hear the name of her hometown in this service. And she will stand up shaking and say, God is on the move in Amman, Jordan. And I need to testify of it right now. Man. I don't want to go to church and sing pretty songs and hear a half-decent sermon. I want to go to church and see the power of God manifest in a group of people who expect it. What is a God vision? It's when God reveals our personal stake in his kingdom come and his will be done. I want you to just bow your heads right now. I want you to bow your heads. I want you to wrestle with a couple questions. Right now, I want you to ask this question of yourself. What? brokenness around you is God calling you to help him heal just just wrestle with that let the Holy Spirit listen I know some of you don't even believe in God today and, and, and that's okay I'm glad that you're here 
But I want you to pray this too. I just want you to just open your mind and your heart. Maybe if you open your mind and your heart, God will speak to you in an unavoidable way. What brokenness around you is God calling you to help him heal? I want you to think about your family. I want you to think about your marriage. I want, to th- I want you to think about your workplace. I want you to think about your neighborhood. There, there's broken lives and broken families and broken leaders and broken community. God's given you a burden for some things. What brokenness around you is God calling you to help him heal? You guys have been hearing my story for the last couple months. I believe God has put a burden on me to help be a voice in racial redemption. And people ask me, what's your plan? What's your strategy? And you know what it is? Prayer, worship, and repentance. That's it. I'm just going to pray. I'm going to worship God, and I'm going to repent. I'm going to see what he does in the, in the wake of that. He's given me a burden to see broken families healed, broken marriages. It breaks my heart when I see that happen. What, what does he put in, your, what does he put in your, your heart right now? Now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to ask another question. What unexpected obstacles is he using to reshape, reposture, and reposition you? What are you, what are you hitting up against right now that you might be you might be resenting. You might be, you might be getting bitter about. It. You might be, you might be crying out to God, and you might be angry with Him. I want to tell you something. He can handle it. He can handle it because the obstacle is the way. The wall is the way, and He's going to do something as you rub up against that, as you press up against that, and as you back away from that. He is going to say, "Okay, here's the way around it. Now you're ready. You've." You've confessed some pride and some fear and insecurity. You've gotten rid of some demons. You've, you've, you've let me cast those things out of you and some sin cycles and some generational baggage. You've, 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 you hit that obstacle and you let go of those things and now I can take you into the new, into the next dimension. That's what God wants to do. Father, I pray right now that you move in this place, that you move in this space, that you speak to men and women who are here today. pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, here's the deal. It, it, I know that some of you just need to, um, you need to move. You need to move. And if you, if you feel comfortable, I, I know this, this is a weird time. It's a weird time in our, in our world. But if you feel comfortable and you just want to come down here and, and bow down to the Lord and give Him praise for victory that He has, he has brought forth in your life. I want to invite you to do that, but but he may be calling some of you just to just to pray over some burdens that he's put on your heart. He may be calling you to come down here and confess some things that he wants to reposture your heart in. And, and and if that's you, I want you to come on down right now. Just come on down right now. Just just flood this place right now. Flood this place, and and and, and you you know that God has put a burden on you to heal a marriage or to heal your family. And you need this church to get around you and pray. I just want to invite you right now just to come down here. All right, brother. All right. Come on. Come on. Who else? Who else? Now, like, no, nobody prays alone. I don't know what his bracelet says. But if it's yellow, you just li- leave, leave your hands out like this. 
but if it's green, you just put your hand on his shoulder, okay? You guys feeling me on that? You feeling me on that? Okay. All right, all right, yep. We're going to pray for him. Anybody else? God's put a burden on you, or he is taking a burden from you. He's taking a burden from you. You just be obedient to that right now. I'm going to ask everybody just to stand right now. We're going to sing this song. If your heart is beating fast, if your heart is being beating fast and you're pressing up against an obstacle of pride and fear, you're getting close. You're getting close because what there's a battle going on in your heart right now. There's a battle going on in your mind. And there's a spiritual enemy that wants to keep you in the pit. There's a spiritual enemy that wants to keep you remorseful and regretful. There's a spiritual enemy that wants you to, to just say, nope, your brother's never coming back. You sold him into slavery. And that's the end of him. He's gone. You'll never have another opportunity. If that's you right now, your spiritual enemy wants to keep you in chains. And you say, the devil is alive. I do not believe you. I will walk in the power of the Holy Spirit today. I will walk in the gospel today. Jesus Christ lived and died to download dreams to you, visions to you, prophecy to you today. Now for the rest of us, for the rest of us, we're going to sing and we're going to worship. And you may need to get right there at your chair and, and just and just bow your knee in prayer and you do that right now. You just be obedient to that. We're going to sing of the goodness of God, and we're going to sing of the goodness of God. Even when we are in obstacles, even when we are in a pit, we know that He will take us from the pit ultimately to the palace, that He will use the pit to bring about promotion. He will use chains, and when He breaks them, to make us a chain breaker. Let's sing, let's shout, let's respond, Waymaker Church. Thank you for joining us. And a special thank you to those of you who give generously to Waymaker Church. It is because of you that our ministry is possible. Visit waymaker.church to give now. If you enjoyed today's podcast, be sure to subscribe. You can also share it with your friends and family. Thanks again for listening. Now go make a way.